Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. Uh, it's another week here at the Inside Inside Sales Show. I had to think about that for a second. Seriously, I had to think about that. You ever get yourself, get, get on a call when you're like, they answer hello, and you have that moment, and you're like, uh, uh, but I can't say, uh, uh, I got to say something, or you, I just say mental block. And I was like, when I was saying that, I was like, inside, inside sales show, but I was like, inside, okay, did I say inside once or twice already? I was blanking. I am just like you folks. <sighs> it doesn't matter. When it's showtime, you can't blank. That's a, it was interesting on that front because, as you know, they had the, uh, the recent lad there on Jeopardy. I can't remember his name. He was the, uh, what is he? Is it the second, second longest win streak, third most money, um, earned. And he was shooting for Ken Jennings. That's where he wants to go. But he just lost recently. And, uh, there was a lot of pushback, uh, from the world uh, because he would always start every question because Jeopardy is a question. You know, what is? He would start off with what is? So why that matters is because let's say the question was, uh, he is the 46th president in the United States. You would say, who is Joe Biden? But instead, what he would always do, he would do, what is Joe Biden? And there's a whole science that he was using. And the whole point was he did not want to get caught up on poor syntax. He did not even want to think about it. So he was conditioned to what is. That's what he did it. And you got to applaud the strategy. I understand all your grammar Nazis, and I am one too, would be freaking out on that one. But I understood there was a, a rhythm to what he was doing, his strategy. And it's all about strategy. So with that said, I want to set the stage a little bit for today's conversation. Today's conversation is going to be a fun one for you, but it's not going to be a fun one for me. Because I'm going to do some mea capo. Uh, I am going to say, uh, I screwed up. I'm going to say to you, I did not do... What I tell you to do. That's right. I'm going to go out there and say, don't be like me, which is ironic because I'm, I'm here every week, right? And I'm saying, do this, don't do that. I may appear to be a pseudo expert, but the reality is I'm just a guy who's just been doing it a long time and I've learned some common mistakes to avoid. <sighs> so what am I getting at? You just pray all your rambling and just get to the point. So the point is this, I tell my reps, I tell you that every single time you follow up, it's got to be personalized, it's got to be contextual, it can't be about you, it's got to be about them, you know, so you don't open up with a, do a connection request, for example, on LinkedIn or send an email to a, a new contact and you say, hi, my name is Daryl. I work with Vanilla Soft. We do this and we do that and our customers get this benefit, our customers get that benefit, can I have 10 minutes on your schedule? That's what I tell you, right? And there's so many templates out there. We can smell the templates a mile away, which are, again, they're such bad, bad templates. And, um, and we say, don't do that. Pretty straightforward. Conversational. Be curious. Drill down. asking them. You know, we, we've talked about, you know, different email templates. One of my favorite ones is the one Josh Braun likes to use, TTTT, you know, trigger, tell me, teach me. Or, or trigger third party, tell me, teach me, some of that effect, right? And 
But the, the open one is always trigger. You want to say something provocative to trigger them. And, um, and that works on the phone. That works on social. That works on emails. Dynamite stuff. And I train my reps to do that. I, I really, really honestly do. I've got great people. I've got great experts on the show every week. My reps listen to this show every week and do an actual report on it. And they always take away a nugget or two. So we know. That's all my way of saying is we know. So recently, we did a phenomenal webinar. Ollie Whitfield was the host. We brought in Bryn Tillman. We brought in Victor Antonio. We brought in Sam McKenna. And then we bookended it with myself and Sean Finder. And it was incredible. And it was all the stuff you wanted to ask. We're too polite, scared. It was just not acceptable to ask. And we asked all those hard questions. And we had a huge turnout. We had like six or seven sponsors joining us on this thing. It was massive. Biggest one we've done in years uh, since pre-COVID. And now it's up to us to follow up. So we're doing the follow up and we, and, and we do the follow up, right? And I'm assuming everybody on my team, because they're conditioned, because I trained them, uh, I know the expectations, they've, they've done the messaging. I, I'm at a point now, a CRO, I don't check the messaging. I've got people for that. You know, they know the drill. And then I get an email, or it might have been a LinkedIn message, I can't recall, from my good friend, Bill McCormick. Bill and Bryn. Bill, I like. Bryn scares me, just between you and I. She's so freaking brilliant, but she scares me because she's a force. And they said, hey, Daryl, uh, Bill got followed up upon because he had signed up to see the event because Bryn was speaking. And he spoke to one of your reps, and we want to talk to you. And I knew right then and there that I was foobarred and we'd screwed up. I knew. And sure enough, I reached out, and I went to Sean Finder, and I said, show me the email that we sent to Bill. Or send me the call recording, whatever it was. I remember looking at the email and I went, what the hell? And it was exactly what I just said never to do. And of course I lost it on Sean. And of course Sean was like, I know, I know. And it was crazy. Yeah, we do it too. So with that said, I've set the stage. I said, I suck. I said, I'm a hypocrite. And to make it worse, I'm bringing in Bill McCormick of Social Sales Link to tell me how bad I am and to use me and my team as an example of what we should have done. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, Daryl, thanks so much for inside, 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 inside sales. Say <laughs> it too many you've times. Been, I, I, you've been waiting on that one, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking that. And by the way, Bryn scares me too. That's, that's how she keeps me in line, actually. Um, but hey, kudos for you to you for, for taking our call and not saying, yeah, okay, we know we screwed up, but I'm not going to talk to you. We'll, right. we'll, we'll just fix it. We'll just fix it on our end. And you know what? It, it, it's something that's happening again and again and again on LinkedIn. What we're seeing are, are, are people are reaching out and for a lack of training, for a lack of understanding of what to do, they figure I'm just going to do something. I'm just going to do anything. And so cold calling worked, cold emailing worked. So, hey, cold messaging on LinkedIn, that must work. The funny thing is, what was the title of the webinar? Oh, I think I, it was I, something uh, like the state of cold outreach. The state of cold outreach. Yes, that was the big. Okay, listen, I'm being honest and transparent here. Now you're just putting the dagger in hard, okay? But yes, it was the state of cold outreach. I just want to set the stage. And, and so <laughs> I, I did. I signed the record. Just for the record, folks, Bill's an ass and I don't like him. All right. But you should still follow him on LinkedIn. Carry on. I'm sorry. 
So I'm from New York, so you get what you get, and that's it. Like I said, and and by the way, you. So I listen to podcasts on like one and a half and two x speed. I don't recommend you do that with me. You might need to put it at half speed, but I have two speeds, fast and faster. But here's the thing: I sign up for every webinar Bryn's on because I have to. It's like in the clause in my contract. But I didn't. I didn't watch it until after I received the message from your from your rep. Then I went and watched it and realized Bryn said all the stuff that he did not to do because I wanted to make sure. Did I get something wrong? Was there a, was there a policy change in Social Sales Link that I didn't catch? So I get a message. Actually, I got a connection request from one of your reps. No message. Blind connection request. Okay, so that's not so bad. That's happening a lot more lately. What I do, I never accept blind connection requests unless you and I were on this call and we weren't connected yet and you send me a connection request with no note. I'll accept you because I we had some interaction here. So I send my typical response to anyone, which is, and I don't remember the gentleman's name, but let's say it's Rick. So, hey, Rick, thanks for the connection request. I typically only connect with people I've either met in person or have had engagement with here on LinkedIn. Can I ask, how did you find me and what was it about my profile that triggered the connection request? So I sent that. This is the response I get. I'm reading from my computer. Hi, Bill. Yes, of course. Actually, you attended that webinar on the 15th of September, and I wanted to ask you how it was. Okay, so that's great. That's fantastic. If he had stopped there, I would have accepted it, and I would have admitted that I didn't watch it, but I would, and we could talk about it. But then he said, Also, I would like to know if you're interested in hearing more about the email automation platform that can save you up to 16 hours a week in business development. So, no, I'm not interested in 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 that. And then a week later, because I didn't reply to that because I sent that to Bryn and I'm like, um, can like, did I miss something here? And um, a week later, he sent me an in-mail and the in-mail was. Hi, Bill. I hope you love the webinar, the the state of cold sales outreach. That's what it was. And that you learned a lot of things there. Would you like to know, would like to know if you're searching for new clients to prospect with, if you need automated email and da, 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 da. And so here's the deal. Cold outreach on LinkedIn doesn't work. Cold outreach may work in phone. It may work with email sometimes. But on LinkedIn, everything is personal. So if you, Daryl, if you call me, cold call me, I see a phone number. Maybe I see a company name. I hang up on you. Done. I'm on. I'm moving on. You send me an email, a cold email outreach. I look at it. I delete it. I move on. You send me a cold outreach on LinkedIn. I see your picture. I see your name. I see your company name. And now suddenly there's a persona around all three of those things of, this person's just spamming. And and what we know is there's so much of it happening right now on LinkedIn that people tend to write us off as soon as as soon as we do it. So what could your rep have done differently? I think that that's really what what we should kind of focus in on, because, listen, there's there's basically three groups at play here that that I think are kind of to blame, so to speak. First, it's the reps themselves. And many of them just don't know any better. You know, they're just trying. Listen, they've got a CRO that's really rough. He's a tough guy and he wants numbers and he wants things done. So they're just trying to do what they can do. They haven't been taught any better. That doesn't excuse them, but it's the reason for what's happening. The second is sales leadership who is just who are just putting these numbers out there and they're not 
bothering to stop and look at how this is affecting the company name, how it's affecting the reps. And then the third are the companies that are creating these automated tools that violate LinkedIn's terms of use and are creating basically spam all over the place on, on LinkedIn. So here's the thing. When you're connecting with someone, you should always send a personal note. You should really do it, but it should be an authentic personal note. You need to find context to connect with somebody and selling to them is not a context. So, you know, look at their profile, find a reason that you can connect. If you can't follow them and look to engage on content in, in the future. But I said authentic because I received the connection request yesterday from a, a person in England who said, um, hi, Bill. Love the work you're doing. Oh, I'm impressed with the work you're doing with Team Creative Connections, LLC. Okay. <laughs> Team Creative Connections, LLC is my wife's company. I'm listed on LinkedIn as the vice president. Really, it's just for show. All right. I, that's, I, I started in sales with her. That's how I use LinkedIn. That's how I got to be where I am today. But I don't work there anymore. She never looked at my profile. I don't know where she got this from. Probably some list that her company bought five years ago. Yep. And- I reached back out to her and I said, oh, may I ask what's what what impressed you the most? Question mark. And then she came back with a totally different answer, like totally inauthentic. And and here's the thing. If we're just giving platitudes to people, Daryl, love the work you're doing with Vanilla Soft. You're, you're just trying to stroke people, people's ego. They can smell that a mile away. Our friend Larry Levine says people can smell commission breath even through the screen, even through the email template, even through the LinkedIn message. So we have to be really authentic and we have to find reasons to connect with them. And, and your rep had a reason. I signed up for, the, for, for that. You guys had a, had a link for, the, for the, uh, the replay. In fact, I got an email for that. How great would it have been if he had said, hey, Bill, Thanks so much for registering for the webinar. Did you get a chance to watch it? Question mark. If you didn't, let me know. I'll send you the I'll send you the recording link. Take a look at my profile. And if you think it makes sense, let's connect. I would have connected in a heartbeat. And then his welcome message to me when I accept could have been, hey, Bill, thanks so much for accepting me. Would still love to hear your feedback on the webinar. And would you like that link? Right. So that gives a, a reason with the way that he reached out. He asked me my opinion. He said he wanted to know what I liked about it, what I like best. But then he went right into the pitch. So it's almost like I'm going to ask this of him so that I can get something from. Yeah, him. exactly. Yeah. And, yep. and I'm jaded because I'm a salesman and selling to salesmen, salespeople is very, very hard because we are jaded. Like I look at everything like, what are you trying to get from me? You know, so so we what we have to do is is connect authentically and look for reasons to to authentic, authentically connect. And when they join our network, we then need to have some resources that we can provide them that isn't pitching our product, but it's just simply helping them. We all say we want to help people. We need to stop saying that we want to help people and we just need to help them. So we have a huge content library that's full of master classes of past webinars, past podcasts, Making Sales Social, Daryl Prell on there this week. It was amazing. We have all that available that's for free. And so when, when I connect to someone, Daryl, thanks so much for connecting me with, here, with me here on LinkedIn. Hey, if you'd like some complimentary resources on leveraging LinkedIn for business development, let me know. I've got a link. I'd love to send it to you. 
So we used to just send the link. And then a LinkedIn trainer said to us, you know, you're, you're spamming people by just sending the link. And we pushed back. We're like, no, we're not. We're providing value. But they didn't ask for it. So we're like, we're going to prove you wrong. We're going to test it. We sent 100 messages that gave the link that said, here you go. 19 people opened the link. That's 19% is a pretty good return. Then we did it the other way where we said, Daryl, if you'd like the link, let me know and I'll send it. 69 people out of 100 said, yes, send me the link. 59 out of 100 opened the link. So 19%, 59%, you're the CRO. Which one do you want? Nobody said there's going to be math on this discussion, right? <laughs> That's not fair. Um, but if you're pushing me, I'll take the bigger number, please, for $200. Good. Um, Good. So yeah. it was funny, folks. Um, when I was talking to Bill and Bryn, we were chatting about this. And I had Rick, that's Bill's name for the rep, on the call with me. And Rick didn't say much. Rick is, by the way, a very nice person. I just wanted to personally, great person. And Rick was like, yeah, I know. And, you know, nothing to be gained by hammering him. Rick knew that Rick had messed up. And Rick showed up for the call where we debriefed. And it was a very encouraging educational conversation we had. You know, here's the thing. Bryn and Bill did not have to reach out to me at all. At all. But they did. And that's the power of the community and the tribe. And just, you know, we have each other's back a little bit. And of course, because of that, if someone comes to me and says, hey, who should we talk to you about, you know, uh, social sales and social selling and LinkedIn and how to do it and do it right. And my rep's training. I'm going to go and say, you need to talk to Bryn and Bill at social sales link. That's what I'm going to do. That's the beauty. That's adding value. That's another way of adding value. There's lots of ways you can add value. But when we're having the conversation, I said, you know, Bill, we haven't had you on the show. We need to get you on the show. Uh, and I said, and why don't we do this? We'll do, we'll talk about the, the deal. And Bill was funny. He's like, no, we don't, we don't have to talk about that. In other words, he was trying to protect me, trying to protect our reputation and our brand. But the reality is I did want to talk about it because our team screwed up, but we didn't screw up maliciously. We just screwed up. Right. And I wanted you to understand that. I want you to understand that if your team's not perfect, if you're not perfect, if you're mm -hmm. making mistakes, if you listen to any of the other podcasts we've ever done where you're like, oh, Prale's talking about that and I already knew that and I haven't done that. I'm a loser. No, you're not a loser. You're just human. And yeah. even yeah. You know, go ahead, Bill. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, is, yeah, don't beat yourself up on it. You don't know what you don't know. And, and one of the problems with, link, with listening to too many LinkedIn or social sales trainers is that we tend to live in an echo chamber and we think we know what's best. And so we, oh, I can't believe that person did that. Can you believe that? I live in the real world. Okay. I had a quota. I know what it's like to have three month, three days left in the month and almost your whole quota to go and, oh my God, what am I going to do? And having a boss breed down your neck. I understand that. I get that. So, but once you know something, once it's been brought and made aware to you, now it's time to do something about it. And much kudos to you, Daryl, for, for seeing this and saying, okay, yeah, now we've got to fix it. Yeah. Sorry. It's gotta be fixed. Right. And that's what I always tell my team, you know, don't sit around beating yourself up for a mistake you made. I don't right. care about you. I, you, made a, you made a mistake. You know how many times I'm, right. I make mistakes every single freaking day. It's not yeah. the mistake you made. It's, it's, it's how you respond moving forward. That's where I care about 
this isn't life or death. Okay. I used to be a 911 dispatcher. Those mistakes were life and death. Right. But I would tell the people I trained all the time, learn from it, learn from it and move on and don't make the mistake again. That's what it's really all about. Ironically, I used to be the VP of marketing at a company that manufactured 911 hardware and software. So, you know, look, look at that. Our paths are crossing like this. This is scary. You, you might have made a mistake using my gear, Bill. What are the odds of that? Maybe. There you go. I won't admit to it. All right. I've got Bill here from Social Sales Link. So, Bill, I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to bend. I want to leverage your knowledge and your expertise. I want to share a story. And then I want to segue a little bit. Yesterday, I I, I posted uh, something interesting on LinkedIn. And I was talking to Bill in the green room. And I was saying, it's amazing. It's always those posts that are kind of off the cuff and not intentional, where you're not trying to play the algorithm and all the right techniques. Uh, It's always those ones that just get a life of their own and go nuts. And sure enough, this post I did went crazy wildfire. It's got tons of traction and it's been fun. And I like when that happens. Now, one of the biggest complaints I get from people, sales reps especially, is I, you know, there you tell me to build a personal brand and get out there and do content and have an opinion, have a take. I do it and no one engages. Ever. They never engage. So that's half of my story. That's half of my story. I did a good post. It got engagement. But the biggest complaint I get is that when others do it, they don't get engagement. Second half of my story. Because of that post, I got a lot of new connection requests, as you might imagine. I get lots of emails and messages with their opinions privately they want to share with me. I got one this morning. It was brilliant. It was the fellow was saying, Daryl, I just wanted to say that post caused me to look at your profile and look at your other content. And when I looked at your profile, I was shocked. All of a sudden you had a video in your profile head talking at me and I'd never seen that before and it blew my socks off and Daryl I think you have the absolute most amazing LinkedIn profile I have ever seen and I just wanted to share with you which was very nice to hear that was very very nice to hear so two lessons from those two stories one you never know when your post is going to take off and if you stop posting it'll never happen for you mm-hmm. two When people look at your posts, even though they may not comment, they're still checking out your profile. Yes. And your brand is everything. So I'm looking at you here, Bill. No pressure. You with Social Sales Link. I expect you to have the world's most ostentatious, incredible, amazing, you know, razzmatazz, whiz-bang LinkedIn profile ever. And I'm so I'm reading your experience. And I love this. One of the things you say is... As a sales trainer, I work with sales professionals from team leaders to top performers to bullet number one, develop professional brand that attracts, teaches, and engages targeted stakeholders. And then you go on and you get lots of great stuff there. Folks, uh, Bill McCormick, social sales link. That's the, uh, you know, linkedin.com slash in slash Bill McCormick, social sales link. Go there, follow him. So that's my question for you, Bill, what do I need to do to have a kick-ass profile And then what do I need to do from an algorithm or a stylistic point of view to get engagement? Because too many of my sales uh, up and coming rock stars quit this social thing because they just don't get engagement and they think it's not a waste. They they don't don't think it's a good investment of their time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, and that's what we hear, hear from a lot of people. Well, I tried that social thing. It didn't work. 
I did five posts and, and, and nothing happens. Yes. We want to press and play. We want an easy, we want an easy button. We want an easy button with prospecting. We want an easy button with LinkedIn. There is no easy button. It takes time and commitment. But listen, it's not hard work. We're not dig- digging ditches. We're not clearing out septic tanks. That's hard work. This just takes time and it takes consistency. It takes a system. All right. James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, says we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our system. So if you don't have a system in place, it's not going to work. But let's talk about profile. It's not about you. Your profile is not about you. Your profile is about your ideal client, and you need to make it about them. So LinkedIn was an HR site. That's how it started. It started for for people who were looking for jobs to find jobs, recruiters to find people. So it defaults to this resume base that's all about me and all my years of experience. No, no, it's about who you help. It's the first piece of content people consume, right? And there's five things we want all content to do, including your profile. We want to resonate with the right people that when they look at your headline, they see you help them. They go, okay, yes, he's talking to me, right? We want to create curiosity. Bryn talks about the pug tilt. You know, you ever see a dog... See, hear a funny noise and they go, right? I call it a leaning moment, right? You want to create that curiosity. We want to get them thinking, asking questions and get them thinking differently about the problems that we solve. And then the last thing is we want to get more hands raised. And you can do that with your profile, but you have to make it about them and not about you. So that's where we start. And I say all roads lead back to the profile. It's the foundation of everything you do because there's a number of lurkers out there. There's more lurkers than there are people that are engaging in content. They're reading your stuff. They're looking at it. They're, and by the way, everybody has that cute little video thing that Daryl has. He's not special. Well, he is special. None. He's just not special in that way, right? Good, good recovery. You, you, you have to. Good you, recovery. Thanks. You have to go to the mobile version to do it. It's called Cover Story. And if you go to the mobile version, there'll be a, a little circle with a plus sign next to your profile picture. You click that. It can be 30 seconds, only 30 seconds long. So that you have that. But let's talk about posting content and how the algorithm works and all that happy hoo-ha. Listen, the algorithm is, is a complex monster, and everybody's algorithm is different because your network is different. So start by building a quality network, right? Because when you release a piece of content, it only goes out to 10% of your followers, Right. So if you have a thousand followers, I almost spilled my water. If you have a thousand followers, it's only going out to 100 people. And those 100 people have to be on LinkedIn when it goes out and they have to see it and engage on it for LinkedIn to look and say, yes, this is worth it going further. When you're posting content, don't post pitching. Don't post post asking questions, post content that's of value that teaches them something. And as salespeople, we always want to talk about what we want to talk about. Like I love to do posts about automation. Guess what? My clients don't really care about automation. So I have to do posts about what they care about. We call that social listening. Go out and find out what is it that your clients care about. What is the content that they're consuming? Look for what we call magnets, right? In the sales training world, there are magnets like Jeb Blunt and Larry Levine, Daryl Amy. They, They sell into the same clients we do but we don't compete. So I look at what content are they writing? What questions are they answering? And share content around that. When you're sharing content, ask questions, right? Because that will increase engagement. If you're asking somebody to answer, ask, answer a question, they do that in the comments, you reply back, 
you begin to get a back and forth. That's why Daryl's post went so viral is because people began to comment a lot. And for the early part, Daryl was in there commenting back. He didn't reply back to my comment, but that's okay. <laughs> but commenting will help it go further. And so you want to increase the comments. Do polls. Here's the, the so Richard Vanderblom is a LinkedIn trainer from the Netherlands, and he every year in the fall he does a study on the algorithm. He just completed it. You can go to his profile. There's like a 44 page slide presentation on it. And the biggest takeaway for me: polls have a 450 percent times more reach than any other type of post. So if you create a poll, I guarantee you're going to get a lot of engagement on it. And it's great because you can ask your, your clients their point of view on a topic and you get to see how they all voted. So it's, it's amazing. But here's the thing with the algorithm. You have to be consistent. There's no right time of day or day of the week to, to post anymore. The, the pandemic took care of that. In fact, if you're selling into C-suite, Saturday is one of the greatest times to post because most of those people are too busy during the week to look at LinkedIn. They're looking at it on Saturday. So be consistent, post good quality content, find some people that you can gather around you that you can kind of help amplify each other's posts, but do it authentically. So we have a private community of basically single small business owners, entrepreneurs, and they they take part in a coaching with us twice a week. We created an engagement thread on LinkedIn. It's a chat group. There can be up to 50 people. And what they do is when they create a post, they go in and they post it there and say, hey, can you help me out with some engagement on this? We go and we look at it. If we can share some engagement, we do. We vote on posts and it helps it go further. And when you start having those little wins, you'll find out it is much easier to do LinkedIn, to post on LinkedIn, because then it becomes fun. But it, it really does take time, and you have to be consistent. You know, that wasn't Daryl's first post yesterday. Am I correct? <laughs> you may be, you, you may yeah. be correct, yes. Yeah, go check out some of Larry Levine's content about I don't know how long ago it was Keenan challenged Larry to post every single day. And God bless the man he does. Saturdays and Sundays, he posts every single day. I tried to give him some advice about the algorithm. He said, I don't care about the algorithm. Leave me alone. And I respect Larry. So I did because it work, it's working for him. So, But you don't have to post every day. Just be consistent when you do. If you post once a week. You're in the top 1% of active LinkedIn users because only 1% of active LinkedIn users post at least once a week. So if you want to get out of the 99% and into the 1%, post at least once a week. You're doing brilliant. I've been busy. Here we go. I, it's Richard Vanderblom. Have I got that right? Am I saying that right? Vanderblom. Correct. So if your folks are wondering how to spell that, because I've been uh, feverishly working on my own LinkedIn search to find it right here. I am not a first connection with him. How is that possible? Tell him I sent you. I will. Well, will that work for me against you? Just I just it, sort of it will work that one. for you. It should work. It for will. You. Tell exactly. him. Brent. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll tell him Bryn and Bill Diddy, but we all know it's Bryn that's going to work. Richard Van V A N space Der D E R space Blum B as in Brown L O M Vanderblum, and he apparently is a global LinkedIn thought leader and trainer. So I am going to go. Here we go. I'm looking at it right now. Two weeks ago. All you need to know about the LinkedIn algorithm, see your annual LinkedIn algorithm report edition 2021. Bill, where have you been all my life? This is awesome. This is brilliant. So, uh, yeah, that's it.
folks, I began wanting to be transparent with you. And so you knew that we screw up too. And we're supposed to be thought leaders and best practice for, you know, people. And clearly we slip, we slip and fall, but it's not what you do. It's how you respond. And I responded by coming here to tell you, I want to bring in Bill. I want to thank him for humiliating me and reminding me that my team sucks. And as a result of him doing that, I actually asked him for a quote to train my team. How's that for a gig? He adds value by telling me I suck and I reciprocate by asking him to quote on business. We tear you down so that we can build you back up. Yeah. And he, and he offered, he gave me a hundred percent list quote, but he's verbally told me in the green room publicly sharing it now that I get 80% off. I'm pretty sure it's what he said anyway. Um, so with that, my friends, Bill McCormick, give him a call, social sales link. He is a machine. I love him. I love Bryn. Uh, the medium, if you're not good at it, it, it's, it's there to be had if you just follow their advice and their lessons and, uh, and, and, and you know, folks, I can't, I can't make you do it, but I'm, I can introduce you to the people who can show you what to do. And, and the easiest way to learn in all honesty is learn from others who have gone before you and have made the mistakes and figure it out and said, this is what you need to do. Once you've got that figured out, then you can start experimenting on your own. But that's my advice to you. Do that. Thank you, Bill, for your time today. I'm so grateful. Thanks so much, Daryl. It was so fun. Happy to come back again anytime. Great. And if I never hear from you again on another sales call, it will be too soon. So with that, we're done, my friends. That's another episode in the books. I shall see you again next week. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prail. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week. <laughs>